This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. I love small groups. I love uh, the, the culture of groups. I'm excited that September 25th, is our small group, our group's launch, and I'll be telling you more about that in a little bit. And then next Wednesday will be our part three, our final training for groups, and we'd love for you to come back. We're going to do the curriculum together and get in some circles, and, and, and we're, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you don't want to miss next Wednesday. In fact, it, like I would love for as many people from the church to be here next Wednesday, not just group hosts and leaders. Um, it's going to be just a fabulous night. We're going to have a lot of fun, and even like guests and visitors will have a blast going through the curriculum and kind of kind of learning through it. So um, we're we're going to have a lot lot of fun. I want to start with a prayer and let's bow our heads together as we prepare our hearts for um, this teaching. Heavenly Father, we give you honor and praise. We open our hearts tonight. Speak to us. I pray as you're you're raising up leaders, you're galvanizing your body, you're mobilizing this army called the church to do your work in the earth. Give us courage and strength, and we're going to bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Amen. How many here knows that the church is God's plan A? Like there is there's no plan B. The church is God's plan A to reach this world. In fact, like even angels are not even in the plan. Like the angels assist the body of Christ and assist the ministry, the Bible says. But, but angels were never uh, created to carry the gospel. The gospel is to be carried by humanity. We are, we are the bearers of the image. We are the bearers of the gospel and his presence. And we have been commanded and commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So there's no plan B. This is it. This is it. Plan A, the church, is God's plan to sharing the great hope with this world. Come on, give yourselves a hand because you are God's plan A. All right. So, so, so this, is, this is a great responsibility. And tonight we're going to be talking about the leader. We're going to be talking about the leader because last week we talked about the philosophy of groups and why we need groups. But tonight we're going to be talking about the leader, how to be a successful leader. We're going to be talking about being a confident leader, what qualifies us. And then we're going to talk about leading our groups and just some keys that I think will really, 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 really help you um, be a great leader. Now you say, what if I don't lead a group this semester? Well, let me tell you this. You may not realize it, but even if you're in an organized group or not, somehow, some way, you're in a circle. There's some circle that you're a part of that you can influence for good, and you could influence for the name of Jesus Christ. So this pertains to everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, this pertains to you. Very good. Good job. All right, here we go. How to be a successful group leader. Number one, pray. And you've heard us say this you know, let's make prayer our first option, not our last option. Let's make prayer our first option. Pray for the members of your group. And if you're a group leader, I want you just to know you got to get a burden and you got to speak those names and pray those names out. This is very important because we have, we, have, we have a philosophy here at the Promise Center that we pray first, not last. Some people, prayer is the last resort for us. It's the first option every every single time. Number two. Consider partnering with a co-leader. 
a co-leader, find someone in your group uh, to, to lead with you, commission them, ask them personally, and just say, hey, lead with me. Jesus always sent people out in two. Consider partnering with a co-leader to help share the responsibility of caring for and leading your group. Number three, connect with your group members outside of weekly meetings through phone, email, text, social media, or face-to-face. Connect with group members outside of weekly meetings through phone, email, text, social media, or face-to-face. And then encourage group members to connect with each other through the week as well. So high connect, high connect, high connect. If you've been around the Promise Center for any amount of time, you know that like connect is one of our taglines. Like we have connect cards, and you go out to the connect booth in the connect center, and connect with one of our connect team members. So like if you, if you, the connect is like all over this place, all right? So it's kind of like, like there's honey on the wall. You're going to get stuck somewhere and connect to something, all right? And, and we love that. So connect, connect, connect. Number four, um, have fun through laughter and by creating an enjoyable environment. There's no play. I just personally, like, I love to have fun. And when things are real serious and boring and, like, we're psychoanalyzing everybody, like, have fun. Like, put some upbeat music on and just have a blast. Put a smile on your face. Learn to, like, smile. Teach yourself to smile because when you smile, like, like, like a lot of things happen. One, there's, like, endorphins that go to your brain and make you happier. And number two, it, it puts everybody at ease when you're smiling because whenever you frown, everyone's like, what's going on? What are they thinking? So just, like, have fun. Have a blast. And then number five, respect people's time. Respect people's time by beginning and ending your group on time. This is so important. There is something called the law of diminishing return, which means like at some point it no longer becomes profitable. At some point, like, like brushing your teeth for four minutes is great, but brushing your teeth for four hours, like you really made no difference from the four minutes to the four hours the law of diminishing return, right? You understand that? Like, there's just like, like, like the first time you tell a joke, everyone's like, ha, ha. And then the second time, you know, your wife's on the front row and she's giving you a courtesy laugh during your sermon because she's heard it before, okay? And then the more you tell a joke, the, the law of diminishing return. And so, so think of it like that. Like, like you can have an amazing group in an hour. And, and four hours is cool maybe for some people. But there comes a point where, like, you could have done that in an hour, you could have done that in an hour and a half, all right? So just think about the time. And I know some groups are postured for a little bit longer, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just be clear. Let them know when you're starting, when you're ending, so the expectation is clear, crystal clear, all right? Uh, everybody say capiche if you got that. All right, very good. A little Italian there. All right, number six, uh, invite group members to attend church services and events with you like Saturday morning prayer, encounter services, uh, stuff like that. So, so make sure um, that you, you have them and invite them to those next steps like that. And then number seven, rally the group around a member going through a crisis. This is huge because pastoral care happens best at the grassroots, okay? Now, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you're a big government person, uh, and, and that's okay if, if, if that's your philosophy about everything. But, but, but what we, they, they have found in, in life and in, in the social structures that the best kind of care happens at the grassroots. And so, like, like the best kind of care that you're going to get in the church is in groups. It's just going to happen that way. 
And we've seen this. We saw this uh, last semester where a young lady was in the hospital. We had a couple situations where one, but one of the young ladies was in the hospital, uh, dire need. And, man, the small group just rallied around that opportunity to, to show God's goodness and grace. And it was an amazing experience because she was in a group. So if you want to feel a part of the church, you got to get in the group. And if you're leading a group, make sure to rally. Rally around needs because this is an opportunity for God to really use your gift to shine through needs. All right, the importance of prayer. Everybody say, prayer is important. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal. Uh, well, that's supposed to be heal. Heal their land. All right, prayer is a foundation of our church and it is important for your group. Prayer Prayer, prayer. So we want we want to just kind of amplify this again. It is the foundation. Pray, pray, pray. God can give you wisdom. What 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 the the Spirit can do through the Word of knowledge, through inspiration, through instruction and guidance. Just one word, one 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 uh, arrow pointing in the right direction, one conversation had the right way can change someone's life, and less of us and more of him can change people in these moments, these these vignettes, these opportunities to see the goodness of the Lord, and that doesn't come but by prayer and fasting. Prayer opens the door for the Spirit to move in a, in an amazing way. All right, confidence. Everybody say confidence. So. One of the things that we find in the church is a, sometimes a lack of confidence. There's people who are going, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should. I'm not qualified. I didn't go to Bible college, seminary. I don't know all the books of the Bible. I haven't read the whole Bible through. I'm nervous about what if someone asks me a question that I don't know. Then you just do what I do, and you, you mumble an answer. I'm just kidding. That's not what I do. But, but there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I don't know that, but I will find that out. That's a great question. Don't let fear keep you from doing something great in the kingdom of God. Don't let fear keep you from doing something great in the kingdom of God. Um, the fear of failure. So one of the things that you have to do, and I know there's some people in here, maybe you said, well, I've tried groups before. I've led a group before. It didn't really go good. One of the great one of the things that you've got to do in your life and you've got to learn to manage is you've got to learn to manage mistakes. Like there's nothing wrong with failing. you just got to fail forward. Like you tried it, okay, you've learned. You, you went to school you, 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 through, that, through that issue, through that trial, through that failure, and now you know. Now you know better. Now this time you're set up for success. I remember reading about a, a, you know, IBM and the CEO, Watkins was his last name. I can't remember his first name. And there was one of the vice presidents who took this big risk, and it cost the company $23 million. It was a huge flop and failure. So the CEO, Watkins, walks in and says, hey, I want to talk with you. And the vice president goes, man, I know. You don't have to say it. I'm fired. I get it. And the CEO's like, you're not fired. I just put you through a $23 million school. That was your lesson. Now you're going to stay, and you're going to learn from that, and you're going to do better. And he said, all right. And then 
his department did a lot better. But the point is, is like, don't let failure be your reason to eject. Let your let failure be the thing, the impetus that pushes you in again. You say, man, you know, I'm going to do it better. I've learned. Last time was okay. This time's going to be better. But please don't let a mistake or let something hold you back from doing uh, a great work for the Lord. So here it says, when you feel like you don't have the time, remember, God has created you for this. Fill in that blank. God has created you for this, and his timing is perfect. God God has created you to have a conversation. God has created you to tell your story. There's no better template to tell your story than in a group. There's no better, two, three, ten, there's no better template for you to tell your story. You say, well, my story's not as cool as everybody else. I'm going to tell you, God's going to bring the right people into your group, and you're going to start talking, and you're going to start leading conversation, and amazing things are going to happen, and you're going to have one of those, oh, my, that was amazing. You know, sometimes I even turn to my wife, I'm like, I don't know where that came from. I hope you were writing that down because that was really good. That just was flowing out. Have you ever done before you start talking, all of a sudden, like, all this wisdom starts coming out, and you're like, where did that come from? It's inside of you. You don't even realize the potential and all all of the gems and nuggets and experience and insight that's inside of each and every one of us. Uh, Next, when you feel unqualified, remember, God has equipped you. You have what it takes, and God's grace will make up the rest. God has equipped you. God has equipped you. When you feel like your past disqualifies you, remember God uses imperfect people. Write that down. God uses imperfect people. God uses imperfect people. Is anybody thankful for that? All right. Are there any perfect people in the house? We got two hands. All right. Not sure whether to send you out or have you come up and pray for us all. All right. Here we go. Uh, God does not, I love this one, God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Okay? And you've heard us say before, you don't get good to get God, you get God to get good. And if you get that wrong, it kind of messes everything up. If you get that flipped around, it messes everything up. Okay, so so God is going to qualify those who are called and those who are called, those who respond to the call, step up, step out and trust God. So you've got to trust God and you've got to step up. I'm going to tell you, God is going to make up the difference and you're going to feel this amazing grace around you. That's going to be pretty amazing. All right. The great qualifier. You ready? This is one of my favorite verses and half of it's on the front page, half of it's on the back. So here we go. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send. Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state for all seek their own not the things that are of Christ but you know his proven character that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel so let's look at a couple of the qualities of brother Timothy here all right Timothy sincerely, sincerely cared for the people's state of being. So Paul says, I have nobody else who really cares about you, who gets you. And so leading a group is not about scratching an itch that you want to hear yourself teach. If you want to hear yourself teach, 
Teach to yourself on the way to work. Preach to yourself somewhere else. But if, all, if this is all about just hearing yourself talk, this is the wrong thing you're doing, all right? God will grace you when you have a, when you have a heart for people. You go, you know what, it, it may be just three of us, but man, I love these people. I want to see them grow. I want to see them excel in Christ, all right? So Timothy sincerely cared about people. Now, the next, Timothy served alongside his leadership. He served alongside his leadership. He served alongside his leadership. This is so important because you're number one. You're you're not you're not just doing this by yourself. You're serving. We're we're linking arms side by side and we're serving together. And this is exactly what uh, Paul says is the thing that qualifies Timothy. Pa- Paul writes this to the Philippians and he's, he's 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 spelling out all the qualifications and these are the qualifications. Next, Timothy reported. The well-being of the group to Paul. Paul's like, I want to know how you're doing. I want to know that you're being taken care of. I want to know that you're growing. I want to know that that Christ is in your midst. And so I want I want to have a direct communication. So so he reported the well-being. He reported the status of the group. And then Timothy also had proven character. Everybody say character. He had a proven character. And we feel like it's important that we think about our character. We pray about our character. And we'll talk about why that's important in just a moment, okay? But, but, but having a good character. And then uh, Timothy uh, served under a coach, a father's son, a father's son, okay? He served under a coach or a father in ministry. He's like a son to me. He served like a, like a father and son relationship. So he had a coach in his, not just leadership, but he was coached. He was served under a coach, all right? So that, that's an important thing. So we're going to have a coach that you're going to be able to, to ask questions to, one of our staff members, one of our leaders. Uh, we have coaches. You'll be assigned a coach. And, man, we're going we're gonna to coach you, and you have questions. We want to be there for you. You're not doing this alone. You're not doing this alone. We're not sending you out among the wolves. I don't know. Man, that was a good amen, wherever that came from. We are not sending you out by yourself, but we are, we are, we are going to be coaching you all the way. And then Timothy uh, was sent by his pastor. He was sent by his pastor. This is so important because there's a lot of people who go. John even said they went out from us, but they were not of us. They didn't have our blessing on us, all right? And so it's important to be sent. It's important the the, 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 the function of the presbytery and the, the church and the sending out. And this is a powerful thing. I know it seems simple, but when the church lays its hands on leaders and sends them out, there's a powerful uh, function there. There's a powerful anointing that happens in that mode. Amen? And then uh, the next is a group leader is entrusted, not entitled. We are entrusted to lead, not entitled. You're not entitled. I'm not entitled. We're not doing this because we deserve it. We're not doing this because we're better than somebody else. Again, we're not doing this because we have an itch to scratch and, and, and we want to be heard and we want to lead people and people should be following us. We, we're, in, we're entrusted with beautiful souls that need to hear the gospel, that need to grow, that need to find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. All right, good job. Make, make sure also you're still awake. All right. My influence comes from my towel, not my title. He says the greatest will not be those like the, the, the Gentiles who, who operate with titles and rule over people, but the power is going to come through how you serve. The greatest will be the servant. 
So it's our towel. It's our passion to serve that creates the greatest influence. A towel, not a title. And then what the people you lead need the most. Are you ready? This is what the people that you lead need the most. As a leader, as, as a leader, you're maybe leading a, a, a ministry. You're maybe leading a volunteer ministry. Maybe you're leading a group. But no matter what, where you lead, this is what the people you lead need the most. It says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. First Timothy 4.16. The greatest thing you can do for the people you lead is to keep watch, to keep watch over your own relationship with Christ. To keep watch over your own relationship with Christ. And every one of us here, everybody in this room, I don't care how long you've been serving Christ, every one of us have to be aware of the drift. Every one of us can drift. We can get lackadaisical. We can get too comfortable. It's easy to do that. So as a leader, not only are you watching out for other people drifting and say, hey, come on, provoke one another to good works. Come on, let's get back in the pocket. Let's, let's get refocused. But you got to make sure you're not drifting. you got to look over your own, watch over your own soul, and watch over your own relationship with Christ. Guard that. Fight for that so you can save both yourself and those who hear you. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass this baton in just a moment uh, to Eric and Jennifer before I do. Uh, Great story. You know Lewis and Clark. How many schools started? Any Lewis and Clark? Okay. And not Lois and Clark, the, the Superman TV show. Lewis and Clark. Okay. Lewis and Clark, 1804. Um, they're going from St. Louis. They end up in, does anybody know where they ended up? Oregon, Washington area, right? And, and so they're going like where no one's gone the way they're going, and it's it's like, man, they're 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 going into to areas where there's bears. Anybody scared of bears like me? Yeah, I went to uh, Yosemite, and and I had bear spray. I was the only person on the hike with bear spray, and I'd watch like 17 YouTube videos on how to outrun the people you're with to make sure the bear doesn't get you. It was pretty cool. So I was pretty. I felt pretty safe. So anyways, these guys, I'm, I'm, these guys are pretty amazing. But when they were prepping, when they were prepping for their trip, Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark in uh, 1804, they were, the people that went with them were so surprised because the thing that they packed the most of and took the most with them was not candles, was not ammunition, and it wasn't even food. You know what it was? It was ink. Because the most important thing about their journey was marking their journey. The most important thing that they could do on their journey was not just having the journey, but marking the journey for those who would come behind them. And so the thing that we get to do as leaders is we get to share our journey and help others take that journey too. So don't forget the ink and don't forget to mark your journey and don't forget to share your journey with others. You have something worth sharing. Amen? All right. Let's welcome Eric and Jennifer. Can we give them a big round of applause as they come on up?
everybody. <coughs> All right, isn't this great teaching? This is awesome. We started leading small groups 24 years ago, and we just stepped out and tried it. <laughs> it was just jumping in the water, and this is so good to get such good skills. <coughs> so for the three ingredients here, the first one is hospitality. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. <coughs> hospitality is about welcoming guests, about um, having a friendly manner and showing genuine care for their comfort. As Arnold H. Glasgow put it, some folks make you feel at home. Others make you wish you were at home. <laughs> Being hospitable is the act of making others feel as though they were in their own homes, but only better. <coughs> it's the thing, sorry, it's the little things that count, and it all stems from the heart. So we are reading a little bit. Our next one here as a key is prayer, just like Chad was covering earlier. This is first, this is middle, this is last, this is in between everything else. Um, we have to always be praying to have the right mindset. And specifically with hospitality, I don't know about you, but sometimes you've had a really hard day. And to think about, oh my gosh, there's people coming over tonight and I still have to, you know, dump the trash and straighten the couch. And it's the last thing you want to do, but you made a commitment. And so that really is, you have to pray and say, okay, Lord, you said when I am weak, you are strong. Here's an opportunity. You get to be strong <laughs> because there's people coming over and I'm not ready. And I can't tell you how many times. I, I have four kids. We run a business. My life is psychotically crazy. And there are so many days where I'm like, oh, crud, that's tonight. And I'm <laughs> totally rushing around. And God is so abundant. He is so good. It always comes together. And in the end, it is about welcoming your guests with love, not about having a perfect home. It's about being happy that they're there. And you can ask a few people in the room who've come to our house. Our house is not perfect, but we're really happy that they're there. So that's key. Um, and if you are hopefully doing a study that includes the Bible, being as how that would kind of hopefully be the core of what we're doing, um, it is really good to make sure that you know in advance what you're going to be covering. Be prepared, and that way you're not caught off guard. Um, making arrangements for things, refreshments. This is my weak spot. I'm always like, oh, that's right, people. So I now just have a stack of plastic cups and paper plates and plastic spoons and a pitcher, and I fill it with water, and I buy a bag of chips. And worst case scenario, there's chips. <laughs> we can, we have, we're off to the races. So it's good. Be prepared, but it doesn't mean being perfect. It just means being ready. All right, our next one is give good instructions. Keep a good line of communication with your group to remind them of upcoming meetings. Provide good directions mm -hmm. to the meeting place, along with the details such as starting and ending times. And if your place is like ours, you've got to help them know in advance that they're going up a steep hill, and then they're going to turn onto a driveway to an even steeper hill, so don't slow down because you'll get stuck. <laughs> Stuff like that's important. The details. <laughs> So, yeah, next one is don't overfill your group. And this one can be challenging because we can fall into the trap of thinking that more people is better. 
we have a successful group because there were more people in the seats. But there does come a point at which too many people means that people get lost in the crowd. So don't be focused so much on the numbers so much as what's happening within that, that group and are the people comfortable there. So don't overfill your group. The next line to fill in, greet people when they arrive. Let the love of God shine through you when your guests arrive. Greet your guests with warm hugs and handshakes. If possible, open the door before they knock. Tell them you are glad that they came. Be, con be conscious of your, sorry, conscious of your animals, kids, noises, smells, temperature, and comfort. <laughs> Uh, and that is a key one. We have cats, and yeah. I. Some people come in and they're allergic to cats, and that's just a bad thing. So yeah, when their be eyes start puffing up and <laughs> weeping, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> that's hard. So next one is remember your guests, and this might seem kind of like, well, duh, but when you start meeting with people on a regular basis and you've got more and more people, it can be hard to hold on to the details. So it is not an artificially weird thing to actually like have a little notebook and make some notes, write things down. Remember what comes up in conversation. They mention a, a kind of a crisis going on, something going on with their parents or a friend. Make a note of that so that as you're praying for them, you have specifics, and the next time you see them, you can bring that up and ask them how that's going. That's really key to letting them know you are actually caring and paying attention to what's going on. And as has been said a few times from this spot, um, that you all are the pastors. <laughs> um, that pastoring is actually care. a gift, it's caring. And when you care about somebody, care enough to remember, care to pray, and care to ask them, then you're pastoring in mm -hmm. that situation. So the next line to fill in is show a servant's heart. Ask your co-leaders and helpers to assist in getting guests acclimated to the group. Get regulars to pitch in to assure everyone has a full drink and is comfortable as they sit down. And what is really amazing is, um, as you're a group leader, um, you can tend to take everything on your shoulders. And if you're a firstborn, you probably just don't even ask for help. But by asking people to partner with you, you're asking them to partner in the kingdom, to partner in leadership. And you may not even realize that you're asking them and inviting them to step into tasting what it's like to be a leader, to be able to take on a group of their own in the future. Mm -hmm. That's key. You pick the next one. Oh, I'm the next one, too. Uh, next line to fill in, uh, direct the meeting. Obviously, the group leader should bring up the topic of discussion and should keep the conversation flowing. It is good to gently steer the conversation away from those who are overly talkative if someone is quiet, ask that person's opinion from time to time. One of the things that I think is really important as a group leader is to even just start from the very beginning of a group and throughout group meetings along the way is just say the best meetings we're going to have are when we hear from everybody. So our goal, everybody can partner with this goal, with me, the leader. I want to make sure that everybody gets to talk. So if you see somebody not talking, why don't you kind of prompt them to talk? So that makes sure... Those who don't talk a lot, they know they want to be heard. And those who talk a little bit much, they're going to realize themselves. And they can help moderate themselves as well. That one is key. The next one is avoid favoritism. Make each guest feel valued, loved, and appreciated, and do not have favorites. And this is something to keep an eye on. There will be people who 
you just feel more comfortable with. They, they get your jokes. They help out without you asking. There's just going to be things that you key into, and you have to be aware of that and really work hard to make sure that you are giving everybody equal care. So that is, that's a critical one to watch. All right, next line item. Bring the evening to an end. <laughs> Land the plane. <laughs> uh, close your meeting on a strong note. Offer your guests the option of staying a little longer for fellowship or leaving. Let them feel comfortable with that. Say goodbye to everyone personally. Invite them back again. That's important. Yes. And if you're one who wants to go to bed early and they want to stay late, tell them they can, you know, lock up. And you can go to bed, which yes. we have happened every once in a while at our house. <laughs> so... Next <laughs> next one is transformational conversations. So remember, these are key ingredients to having a good group. Um, from Colossians 4, 6, make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. And this is so, so, so important. We will someday give account for every word used. And we have the power to speak life or death with our tongue. And when you're in that position of leadership, the littlest things that you say can have a huge positive or negative impact. So it is something to really keep in mind. Your speech needs to be gracious and life-giving at every level. Yeah. All right, next line item to fill in. Create a safe environment. Trust is perhaps the most vital key to really making your group a community with deep and gentle, Gen sorry, genuine <laughs> conversations. Don't push people into deep conversations, but allow them to open up over time as trust is built. One really key factor here, guys, to build trust is to make sure that what is shared in group stays in group. And, and we need to, to bring that out. And, you know, maybe not every meeting, but when you feel something's going deep and you feel like, wow, this is sensitive, that's an important time to just say, hey, let's just remember mm -hmm. that we keep this here because we want you to feel safe. This isn't going to be talked about. Um, we're not going to go saying, oh, hey, pray for so-and-so, <laughs> you know. Um, unless you ask permission, if you really do want to, to see that person prayed for, ask their permission to share it first. That's very important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we really are the body of Christ, we should be the safest place somebody can be. And we need to communicate that with, with all of our love, with our, our caring to listen and guard people. Okay, yeah. next one. Ask good questions. There could probably be like a whole seminar taught on this. This is actually kind of challenging. Avoid yes, no, true, false questions. Ask questions that provoke people to think and to consider. Follow up their answers with more questions. Jesus was the master at questions. I've actually prayed for that anointing. Good questions. I'm not good at that. What makes you say that? Why do you feel about that? How could you explain your answer to a non-Christian, which is also very critical, depending on your situation. So ask good questions, and if you're not good at it, find resource to resources to help you. Don't feel like you can't get better. You can. It's something yeah. we can learn. Yeah, there's great online tools for how to coach through yeah. asking questions and things. Okay, this next one, let others speak. Okay, I'm going to dive into this one just a little bit extra. Um, the more you allow other people to share, the deeper the conversation will reach. Consider the color wheel. 
primary, secondary, and tertiary colors. So what that means is this. So who, who here had art in school? <laughs> Anybody ever take art? Yes, right? And the primary colors are? Red, yellow, blue, right? <laughs> okay, secondary colors are what you mix when you get primary colors. So we got green, orange, purple, right? And it goes on. So what this, this concept brings to group communication is really kind of fun. So when we throw out a sharing question in group time, a primary answer is when somebody hears the initial question and they share their answer. Well, a secondary answer is when that first answer stirs a thought. Okay, well, if they hadn't shared their answer, I would not have had my new thought. So that new thought comes, so that's a secondary. Then the tertiary color is what you get when you blend the next colors. So that, that new thought shared sparks yet another thought. So when we have the Holy Spirit in our midst, in our group, and he's moving in and amongst us and inspiring us, what we get to is new colors. <laughs> we get to see new things. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so important that everybody shares, because everybody has a piece. And one person's piece inspires another thought, inspires another thought, and then all of a sudden we're on new thought. And that's where it's exciting and fun. Mm -hmm. So next one is the goal is life change. The goal is not to have a perfect discussion. The goal is not to fix everyone who is there. And for the mothers among us, that can be a challenge. The goal is not to correct necessarily somebody's slightly off idea about the Bible or a theology not fully developed, which is also a challenge because I'm a Bible teacher, but to let the Holy Spirit be the one who is directing the conversation and to let the Holy Spirit be the one who pinpoints, you thought the group was going this way, something comes up in one of these secondary and tertiary conversations and all of a sudden, oh, no, this is what we're focusing on tonight. And let that happen. Let the Holy Spirit be the one who guides and directs that. The group may not go exactly as you planned, but there's going to be life that's happening when you let the Holy Spirit lead that. And the goal is that life is changing. And it might just be one tiny baby step, but if one person took a baby step, that was an awesome night. That's the success. Okay, guys, number three, keep your group motivated. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So, underline enthusiastically for me on your page. Okay, notice he did not say always work diligently. He said oh, always work enthusiastically that's a that's not about um, a work ethic that's about an attitude what you bring is contagious mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so which connects to that next thought we that your fill in the blank is we model motivation so you as the leader you will always inspire more by your example than you will by your actual word and it, in, in some ways your word can get in the way if you're saying one thing and doing another. So <laughs> make sure that what you're doing is what is really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. 
because that's what people are going to see and that's what they're going to walk away with. So your greatest motivation that you bring is bringing your best to the group each week. Next line item, involve others. Empowering your group by asking for input, getting feedback, sharing the responsibilities, and having members help <coughs> help lead will develop a sense of ownership. An average group with full commitment is always better than a great group with partial commitment. And you guys, ownership is key. When it's their group, that is key. And they're going to keep coming because it's their group. It's like this when I was visiting here, this was the Promise Center. Now this is my church. You know what I mean? And that's what goes on with a group, too. So get engender the ownership. Okay. Your next one is there. Show appreciation and celebration. Create a culture of honor. Publicly acknowledge each other's faithfulness, input, delicious food, if somebody brings something and any other positive thing you can find. What gets recognized will get repeated. And this is, again, the power of our words. We have the power to speak life, so do it. And then you'll get more life back. Yeah. It's a great positive feedback loop. Amen. So I think we all right, covered thank all you. the points. <laughs> thank you, guys. So good, so good. You guys enjoyed those points? Man, so good. Uh, we're, we're almost done. I'm going to close real quick. Uh, I'm going I'm to just give you step one, step two, step three of how to handle an issue in your community. Again, this like happens like like once every blue moon. So like I don't want you to think, oh, no, I don't want to get involved in this stuff. But sometimes there's little things that happen. There's just a, a step by step of how to deal with things. And this doesn't just mean like not just in groups, but this is like for the church body um, as a, as a whole, and this is an important principle, and I feel like the Bible is full of solutions and ways to have resolution with relationships because the strength of the church is the relationships. God has knit us together, and we're to do life together and serve one another and honor one another, and so like the, the way that God's designed this, it keeps forcing us to keep showing up and facing up and seeing each other and having to deal with our crisis and deal with our issues and deal with our frustrations. So look how look how God has set this up for us to resolve um, issues among people. Watch this. If your brother or sister sins, or that, that means they've missed the mark, that means that they've, they've got a problem, there's, some, there's something going on in their life, they've said something, they've done something, they've offended somebody, go and point out their fault. Now, that doesn't mean like, nah, 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 nah. Like, you know, I mean, when you read that, it's like, and that's kind of mean. It just means like, hey, you, need, it, you know, sometimes we think, well, maybe if we don't mention it to them, maybe we'll just like just kind of let them figure it out. Like the Bible implores us to go and like well, let's help people address the issue. Go in kindness. One of the things that's powerful about being uh, a group leader is that this kind of opens the door for you to be able to speak into people's lives. So if, if there's an issue, you see something going on, go to them. And look how it, look how it says this. Just between the two of you. So go to them one-on-one, -on -one. and if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they don't listen, take two or other, uh, take one or two others along. So now we're going to take more people. So we're going to get one or two people and just say, hey, like we're, we're really concerned. We want to we work through this with you, this issue that you have with another person, this thing that's been going on in your life, that every, every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, 
Treat him, as, treat him as a pagan or a tax collector. You're going, wow, that's mean. Well, I'll explain. It. I'll explain. Step one is you go privately and sincerely. Step one, you go privately and, and you go sincerely. Just go to them. And, 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 and I think that there's a power in us really helping people and, and talk. I think a lot of people know that there's an issue sometimes in their life, a little uh, idiosyncrasy. And, and there's something powerful about caring enough to like say, hey, I want to let's talk this out. Let's let's figure out maybe the root of this. Step two, uh, collectively and wisely. You know, if this is something that's persisting and it's getting worse, maybe you grab two or three people that really care for this person and, and, and go and just do an intervention. Hey, we want to we want to we want to talk privately. And then number three, go publicly and carefully. And that just means like like this may be something that the group has to hear. Hey, you know, John's no longer meeting here. He, you know, he, he keeps um, spiking the punch bowl and we can't bring him to group. And so, you know, we just have to let everybody know, you know, yada, yada, yada. So uh, whatever that is. But there's there's a process of dealing with things. And I think what, what I found is nine times out of ten, like step one works. But we're just afraid to like go to people and and just say, hey, man, I I care about you, love you. Just want to kind of point something out or address something. This was said, and I, I think it would be better said this way or whatever. So I think the church has a mandate to really step up and care for one another and have that kind of relationship where we can, we can, we can look face-to-face and, and, and really help each other in a deep, powerful way. Amen? All right. Semester details, and we're closing. August 31st, greet, uh, greet, greet, no, group leader sign-ups, and that's application completed, uh, uh, application complete requirement. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. September 4th, fall semester opens. That means that we'll be opening it up uh, to the entire church online and with menus here. September 28th, fall semester begins. November 19th, fall semester ends. Next week, we'll be talking about uh, more details of how to sign up. We'll have applications. We're going to be going through the curriculum together. Um, it's going to be the, the suggested curriculum, but if you have a curriculum that God's put on your heart, man, we want to empower you to do that. We do have a curriculum that has been approved, and then if it's not been approved, it's not on a list, then you can come to us. We'll look it over, and we'll approve it. We'll give it a thumbs up like the Caesar, or we'll go kill it. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do that, but but we, we want to approve it, make sure, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's faith-based and, and, and it's, it's, in, it's in the Bible and all that good stuff. So uh, we have a great semester that's ahead of us. We're going to have a great time. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to say a prayer over all of you, and I, I thank you for being here tonight. I know training is like, it's a little more laborious. It's information. I don't want information overload. I want you to be inspired. Next week, we're going to go more inspirational. We're going to have a blast, and I really want to invite you to come back for part three of our group leader training. Let's give Eric and Jennifer a hand. They did a great job. Great job.